What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast, the first November 20th edition of the day. We're also going to be here after Survivor Series tonight. If you're looking for the podcast covering last night's NXT, head over to Fightful.com slash podcast. Check it out. I am here with Showdown Joe. And Joe, we have a lot to talk about and not a lot of time to talk about it in. Yeah, <laughs> super busy night or busy day yesterday, nonstop watching some mixed martial arts. Uh, good day, good times, but holy smokes, is that, uh, I guess you can't say exhausting, eh, Sean? You're just you're sitting down and watching fights, so it is what it is. True, true, which I mean, like I said, there were a ton of, we had a lot of viewing parties on the website, we had a lot of coverage, we had a lot of articles, a lot of videos. We like to bring you all the multimedia at Fightful.com as well. Go check it out if you haven't. Register for an absolutely free account. You'll get early access to podcasts, interviews, exclusives, segments, cool stuff like that. Well, first off, and and I'm not going to take these fights in any particular order by event. Just the order I wrote them down in, and obviously we're not going to get to every fight. A big bit of information that was released, Fedor versus Matt Mitrione in February of next year. My buddy Dwayne Finley over at Flow Combat had reported this three weeks ago, and you know what? This is a very losable fight for Fedor, as are any fight that he takes at this stage, Joe. Yeah, I mean, you take a look at the way Fedor's been competing, and, and it's it's not the Fedor of old, you know, the greatest heavyweight of all time, quote-unquote. Um, Mitrione can put a hurting on him. You know, if Mitrione comes in there focused and, uh, you know, he can focus on the trash talk if he wants and say he's much better than him. But if he goes in there and puts on a good game plan uh, and stays away from Fedor's power and just picks him apart, uh, doesn't allow him to get too close, Fedor can be in big trouble. I mean, from a greedy perspective, I wish Fedor was going to fight at Ryzen uh, at the end of the year, but that's not going to happen. I guess the relationship with Scott Coker is a little stronger there, and uh, he's fighting Matt. And he's been criticized about his opponents. This one's just fine at this stage of his career. You know, a lot of people are like, well, I would rather him face Shane Carwin. That would be more exciting. Sure, I mean, on paper, more exciting. But Matt Mitrione, he's he's absolutely fine. He's 2-0 in Bellator. Sure, why not? I'm cool with this. We'll elaborate more on this on the Wednesday show, however. We had, we had three fight cards, none giant, but three cards nonetheless. Headlining the second UFC card was Ryan Bader versus Antonio Rogerio Noguera and man. Ryan Bader put the put a beating on Noguera, dominated him, took him to the ground, just pummeled him, beat him from pillar to post. No more main events with Noguera in them, please. One more mixed martial arts with Lil Nog anymore. I mean, he's 40 years old. He's just... He's- oh, wait, wait, let's be real. 
if the UFC cut him, you'd be commentating his next fight, Joe. I'm not saying cut him and, and will I be commentating his next fight. Uh, I think for his own well-being, uh, hang up the gloves. Uh, you've had a fantastic career, uh, but you're taking a lot of damage. I mean, enough, enough. It's hard. It's hard to stomach, and you know, seeing guys that you know, I grew, when I grew up in the sport and, and watching the Nagara brothers do what they did, everybody loses to Father Time, and I think Father Time is now, uh, you know, constantly defeating Lil Nog. And Ryan Bader sure as hell defeated Little Nog. Now, how close does this get Ryan Bader to a title shot? Not only he was right there last year. He was right yeah. there last year. He should have probably gotten it after that press conference. I was ready for it. Yeah. There was at no point was I like Ryan Bader title shot until that press conference happened, and I was like, you know what? He's doing the right things. Not the most exciting think- fighter in the world, but light heavyweight's real thin. Yeah, you're bang on. Yeah, I think you're bang on. I just um, you take a look at, at what's up there right now. Um, you know, obviously with DC and Anthony Johnson, and you know John Jones isn't coming back for a little bit. Um, you know, the, the, you can slide Ryan Bader in there, but uh, you know, I, I'd like to see Bader versus Gustafson. Uh, to be honest with you, to see where Bader truly stacks up with that just that next level uh, in that ranking system. So you know that, that that's what I would like to see. It depends if the UC or the matchmakers are going to do that. But um, th- does it keep it mean- to get him closer to a title shot? Absolutely. Is he in the mix? The, Perhaps. I, I wonder if Alex Gustafson is that next level, though. He's got two wins since 2013. So I don't know if he's at that level. He doesn't fight enough for me to know. I know Ryan Bader is on that fringe, but and Glover Teixeira just got deaded by Anthony Johnson. If Anthony Johnson beats Daniel Cormier, I doubt that um, – I doubt Bader gets that shot. I mean, didn't – didn't Anthony Johnson knock him out? Am I remembering correctly? Yes. Okay, killed him earlier this year. But if Cormier wins, I, I think he can get a shot. It's not going to be a big high-profile match by any means, but hey. Um, also, Thomas Almeida and Morales. Now, Morales, he had nothing to lose here, and he fought like a man who had nothing to lose. Uh, landed some nice punches on Almeida, although... They were pretty damn sloppy. Later, Almeida made him pay. This, this is what Almeida should have done. Almeida did what he was supposed to do to Morales. I, I, I want to ask you the question about Almeida. Is there a more exciting fighter in mixed martial arts that whenever Thomas Almeida steps into the octagon, Bruce Buffer announces his name, and then he starts going? If there's ever a guy that you're guaranteed to have – just a crazy performance. He doesn't, he, he just, it's not that he just moves forward and stalks guys. He throws constant bombs. And it's that guy that you just sit back and you're smiling ear to ear because you know you're going to have a fun fight. Um, you know, Connor McGregor is obviously very, very exciting to watch, but he's very, you know, he's like, he's sort of almost like that Girgar Musasi. I know, horrible analogy with those two guys scrapping it out all the time. But, you know, Connor does his thing and then eventually lands that bomb. And Almeida just throws nonstop bombs. And he'll just go, you know, he'll play fire with fire. I absolutely love the way this kid fights. And I've said it since day one. Uh, I just, this guy's absolutely fantastic to watch. And, you know, he reminds me of the old vintage Japanese days where who cares if you win or lose, just put on a good show. Well, he, he needed a bounce back win after the Cody Garbrandt fight but he got it and albert or or corrales gave him all all that he could ask for now your boy kamaru usman another guy who just put a beating on somebody that jab was working all night for him 
all night against Worley Alves. And this is this is a pretty big win for Usman because, I mean, there were some people who thought that Worley Alves could be a top five fighter in the division, and he's he's had a little bit of a skid. But, man, Kamaru looked real good. Yeah, I, I, he literally just texted me about, uh, I'm going to go 20, we're at 12, 15, maybe about half an hour ago. Um, yes, or from last night, I just sent him, you know, congratulations sort of thing. And, you know, I was going to start taking shots at him because that's what we do. But uh, I'll, I'll wait till I see him in person because uh, he literally replied with, thank you very much. And I'll see you in a couple of weeks and then wink, wink, because we're going to go at each other no matter what. But man, um, yeah, you know how I am, Sean. You know, when, when, when guys that I work with or know kind of personally, I kind of get all nervous, you know, when Frankie Edgar fights or if GSP fights, I, I, it's hard for me to watch. Uh, and watching Kamaru is sometimes difficult because I'm like, you know, you, you watch the highlight reel of Orly Alves and you think, oh boy, Kamaru's in big trouble. Well, he wasn't in, in, in much trouble. He just stayed out of range as best as he could and went in there and just caused damage. I mean, he's talking trash to the guy in the fight. <laughs> he's, uh, and then he calls out Damian Maya and then he, again, and then he says, Says he's going to finish him in the first round. Like I mean, Kamaro's on fire, and it just goes to, to again. Uh, and you and I talk about it all the time. I always bring up my Jim Ross comment: make some noise, make some noise, and people will talk about you. And and and, and the mixed martial arts media and, and our bubble, people are talking about Kamara Usman right now because Kush is making some noise right now. He's won eight in a row, four and zero in the UFC. Damian Maya took a little shot at him, saying he was impressed, and he can't wait until Kamaro is a top fifteen UFC fighter. Terrible. Uh, <laughs> I think I think he's close to it. I think he's very, very close to it if he's not already. Four straight wins in the UFC welterweight division. Four straight wins in the UFC. That's something to take notice of. And when you have Jake Ellenberger and uh, Matt Brown listed as top 15 uh, fighters at this point, I think Kamaru Usman is definitely worthy of a top 15 spot. Absolutely do. What else we got here? Oh, over on Bellator. Now, I wanted to mention, uh, Carrie Melendez killed a woman dead. Not much to talk about there. She, she just <laughs> slaughtered her. That was brutal. Holy shit. Yes. And Kimbo Slice's son lost his fight. Now, I'll say this. I think the long run, this is good for Kimbo's son. Uh, he had a lot of hype around him. He, The poor guy, like, had all those fights actually happen, he'd probably be 2-1 and one right now. That had gotten canceled. I don't know if you got to see the fight, Joe. He did a lot of stuff right. He did a lot of stuff that I didn't expect to see the son of Kimbo Slice doing. He's training with AJ and uh, Antonio McKee. Hey, that's something I didn't expect to hear. But he told me that he's been training there because he knows what his shortcomings are. And the guy wrestles a little better than I thought he could. He's a more accurate striker than I thought he would be. His gas tank is exactly what I thought it would be. Not the worst thing in the world for Kimbo Slice's son to lose his pro debut, especially after he dominated a fair share of it. I, you know what? And as a first, the first fight of his pro career, I didn't think he did bad at all. I didn't think he did bad at all. And I now more than ever am more serious about seeing CM Punk versus Baby Slice. <laughs> Why would you say? That? First of all, I didn't see the fight. Um, you know, I read up on it, and again, getting your assessment, I'm kind of understanding. I do want to watch it uh, probably later on tonight, if not later this week or up- this upcoming week. I just want to see, like you said, I want to make an assessment of what he looks like in all realms of mixed martial arts. But you know, hey, listen, the dude stepped up there, did what he had to do. May not have come out victorious, but you know, good for him. But what is it with, with the CM Punk thing all the time? That is the son of Kim- for you. 
The son of Kimbo versus CM Punk is a great fight. Two zero and one pro fighters. You have set the CM would, Punk barometer uh, uh-huh. or this bar of, of who can and who he cannot beat in mixed martial arts. I think it's uh, honestly it's it's comical. But um, should we add him to our, our fictional? Um, what did you call it before the what if? No, no, no because okay. I, he's not like Jim Mike Pyle. Brock Lesnar without a surgically removed butthole. Okay, um, all right. Motivated BJ Penn. He's not that. <laughs> He's just an zero and one fighter. I'd like to see match up with some other interesting celebrity slat. And here's the thing about Kimbo's son. I interviewed him last week. Unfortunately, my recording software went wonky, and I didn't get to keep any of it. He gets it. He understands the selling point of MMA way better than I would have even expected being the son of Kimbo. Uh, I'll go as far as to say this. He's a better talker than Kimbo. Much better talker than Kimbo. Also, he could have just coasted on being the son of Kimbo Slice and getting fights. No, he went and trained with Antonio and AJ McKee. That says a lot to me. It says a lot to me about who he is, about where his mind's at. So I, I do expect big things out of the son of Kimbo, especially if he gets that cardio under control. You're saying better talker than his dad in terms of um, trash talking, selling, and or like education wise. Because when I interviewed Kimbo um, before he got on the Ultimate Fighter, it, it, it was I mean it, it wasn't up there with my Nick and Nate Diaz interviews and the one I just recently did with George. But Kimbo was a smart cat, man. He, he, that persona oh, yeah, was his, absolutely different. Oh, it's not an intelligence thing. I'm talking like selling fights. I mean, they're okay. both smart guys. Now, if he busts out the 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 inner me is the enemy, then he'll overtake his dad because that's one of the great all-time lines in Ultimate Fighter history. Um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of that. Uh, what I don't think a lot of was MVP's performance. That was shitty. That was just terrible. It was a waste of time. Um, Scott Coker said with an impressive performance, he'd be in title contention. That was not impressive. It was a bad fight. It was a terrible fight. Just cause, are you saying that because he was just playing around too much and he wasn't simply trying to execute properly? Because, I mean, it, it wasn't what we all expected. We were expecting a nice little uh, hammer sure. finish there. But if, if you can dance around that much and play around, you, you, need, to, you need to come at your opponent. I mean, they had, he had to be stopped and warned at one point. Fair enough. I, 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 I'm not going to disagree with that at all because no. you're right. If you, if you got time to dance, I'll, I'll never forget a, Mar- a Marcus Brimage fight against somebody else. It was in Toronto where they did nothing for 15 minutes. And then as soon as the bell rang, they both raised their hands and they started doing backflips and cartwheels. Like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. If you have enough energy to do that after a three round fight, then you probably didn't fight the way you should have. Um, so I still think MVP will probably be in the title hunt. Maybe him and Lima. Why not? If I were them, I would squeeze that lemon for all the juice you can get out of it while you can. Yep, that's a fair assessment. I certainly would, especially after that performance. Ben Henderson, Michael Chandler. I'll say this. I think Ben Henderson is done at the top, top, top levels. And I think he said as much. He said 2017 is probably his last year. He could have lost that first round 10-8. What a suplex, a five-point suplex from Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler got a little tired. Ben Henderson did not. (laughs) Ben Henderson somehow ends up in these wonky grappling positions that you traditionally only see between, like, O&O amateur women's fights. (laughs) 
to be honest with you, and I'm not taking a shot at women. It's just generally where I see some of these positions. Ben Henderson could go five rounds with any lightweight in the world. I'm, I have no doubts about that. Maybe not McGregor, based on how accurate his striking is and how little head movement I saw from Henderson. But Chandler got the job done. and come at, When he had those three straight losses, you wondered if he was done at these top levels. He's not. No. Not at all. Uh, Chandler's just looking fantastic. Uh, you know, I'll always have love for Benson. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I think at this point in his career, it's it's you know, as I mentioned with with Little Nog, he's not where near uh, Little Nog. But Father Time starts catching up, and the young guys are the guys that you know are, are able to remain um, fluent with their mixed martial arts technique and able to time things better in boats. You're going to see the difference, and you know, Benson's got a lot of mileage on that body, despite him being an absolute absolute machine and he can go 25 minutes uh it's sometimes like it looks like he's not even breaking a sweat he's just going and going and going and and the pace is there there's a lot of mileage in that body i almost said kilometers i don't know if you americans know what kilometers are but i'll say miles how's that sean i mean there's a lot of mileage on that body that guy's been through a lot he's trained a lot uh even in his downtime he would do grappling competitions he's constantly constantly training but the human body can only take so much and i think it's it's starting to show with ben henderson and i know he wants to leave 2017 and uh do his military thing doesn't matter all the power to him Military thing? Can he even get into the military at that age? I I, I was under the impression no, uh, but if he's looking at doing it, I'm the, sure there's something, some way that they can do it. Yeah, I would imagine a guy of his stature and his physical condition, they may make it an exception for. You know what I mean? Um, but hey, good for him. He may. I don't know if he knew that he maybe he was at the end of his rope. And, um, like, maybe decided to go to Bellator in an effort to get some money before he got out. Because there's nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, I think a lot of fighters have done that. But, you know, he's not, he's not at that top level anymore, unfortunately, because I love watching Ben Henderson fight. I do. Not all of his fights are good. but And one judge gave it to Henderson. And as they read those scorecards, I was like, <laughs> pardon my language. But I said, this is the most fucking Ben Henderson thing ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I listen. One of the most scariest things I've ever seen uh, in my life. Uh, I think it was in round one against Frankie Edgar in Japan when um, Benson, I think, threw a left kick. Frankie caught it, and then Benson turned around. And I, the way I was looking at it, so if you can picture twelve o'clock in front of you, Sean, just move the dial over a little bit to your left. You're basically looking between eleven and twelve, like eleven thirty. And Benson basically, with his leg caught, his left leg caught under Frankie's armpit, he swings his right leg around, and from my angle, it literally looked like a baseball bat going across Frankie yeah. Edgar's skull, and Frankie ducked and the momentum had Benson's tur- like spin right around that was one of the scariest things I'd ever seen uh, in front of my eyes in mixed martial arts man if you'd have landed that thing whoo buddy but uh, yeah <laughs> Benson is Benson but uh, I want to wish him the best no matter what he chooses to do whether he chooses to hang, hang up his gloves continue to make more money in, in Bellator either way uh, it is what it is Gegard Musashi over in Belfast got a measure of revenge over Uriah Hall Sort of an even fight to start off. Then Musashi just turned it up and dominated Uriah Hall. Just that's a, pounded yeah. him out on the ground. That, that's the thing, though. That's the one thing I've, I've, I've been a massive fan of Gegard Musashi's style. 
patient. He doesn't explode. I call it the old Hanzo Gracie theory when he once told us that nobody, nobody punches me in my face except for my mom. You know, so he, he sits there and he doesn't want to get touched. He does his thing slowly but surely. And then when he landed that first like crazy jab that sort of almost turned the fight around on Uriah Hall, uh, but he's so patient and he only explodes when he has to. And especially in a five round fight, you got to be smart about it. You got to be able to pace yourself. And, you know, I, I remember when Anik was saying that he saw him, uh, was it Anik or was it Stan? It said that he watched him spar for over an hour and a half or something like that. And, you know, just same pace the whole time. This is a guy that measures everything and only explodes when he has to. But when he explodes, you know, he finishes guys. So, you know, a very solid performance. And I know I compared him to Almeida uh, earlier on. And Almeida is just an absolute nutcase when he fights. But two of my favorite guys to watch when it comes to strategy, different strategies altogether. But, you know, you got to love what Gigard does. And, you know, he, he, he's moving up there at 185 pounds. He's, he's in title contention for sure. Who does he get next? Because you would imagine, man, you would imagine they give it, they, they have Rockhold Souza fight. You would imagine. If not, either one of those two guys, absolutely fine. Also wouldn't be against the idea of the winner of Whitaker Brunson. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Uh, which happens next Saturday. I would be okay with that. That's number seven versus number eight. But Gegard Musashi is up there. I've said this many times. Had he taken that fight instead of OSP against John Jones? Uh, Musashi could have been interim lightweight, light heavyweight champion. It's very possible. Now, I'm not saying that he would have beaten John Jones. I don't think he would have. But he stood a much better chance than OSP, in my opinion. Wonder who he, who, who he gets next. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, I don't know if I like the Brunson Whitaker uh, winner. Uh, I'd rather see him take on, you know, like I know the, the, the Rockhold and Souza fight is what we're clamoring for. Really take a look there. But. I want to see him take on one of those two guys or, or, or the winner of Bisping um, uh, Romero, right? Like, I mean, he's, 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 he's there. You know, it's almost like taking a step back, technically speaking, fighting someone or someone lower in the rankings than you. So, but then again, it depends on the performance. I mean, if Whitaker destroys Brunson, hello, uh, I, I, perhaps I would like to see that fight versus Musashi. As I told you on the podcast, Joe, and you disagreed, it was a walk in the park for Kyoji Horiguchi. <laughs> It wasn't even close. Ali Bagatinov without EPO sucks at MMA. As I didn't want to out. see this fight for this very reason. I said, oh, God, Sean's just going to rip me if Horikuchi wins this fight. You had to call me on. out in the column, and you were wrong, Joe. <laughs> it wasn't a finish, but, uh, man, he beat the brakes off of Bagatinov. And I think he's going to do it to almost anybody in that flyweight division except Demetrius Johnson, as he has. Listen, anytime I can get you to have some sort of fodder to talk trash back at me, I'm going to do it. So if I take a shot at you to call him, it's just me just saying, listen, I don't care if you beat me down if I'm wrong and you're completely 100% right, but you were. You're 100% correct. I expected more despite uh, you know the EPO from, from Bagatinov. I thought he was going to do a little bit more. I thought the Gooch was going to win, but I thought it was going to be a much closer fight. And obviously, 
Sean Rossap was 100% right, and Showdown Joe's a dummy. Again, whatever. I mean, when Neil Seary gets his ass kicked like a dozen times in his career, but after Horiguchi does it, he's like, I've only got one left in me. I've only got one more fight left in me. That, that kind of makes me take notice. And I watched uh, Horiguchi fight in Cincinnati, and just outstanding. I would like to see Horiguchi fighting. Uh, I don't know who Formiga faces next, but – That's a good fight. Right there. Do that. I'm cool with that. And if Formiga wins, give him his damn title shot already because everybody else gets one after like one and a half wins in that division. He's won four of his last five, had a split against uh, Cejudo. Give him his damn shot. Claudia Gedalia dominated Courtney Casey. This is what we expected. Not much to talk about. Gedalia was not happy with her performance after the fight. Um you know, she's right there. She's, she is the number two woman in that division and will be until Joanna leaves. That's just, just how it is, Joe. I was expecting more from her. I thought she was going to finish her off. I thought I was heading into this fight because you and I talked about it ahead of time on Wednesday and you know, thought, oh, this is not going to be pretty for Casey. Well, she stood in there. What you think of that uh, mythical phantom kick or was it a real kick? I still can't figure it out if it was a real kick or not because it looked like it did graze the skull, but... Yeah, I'm going to have to look at that some more, to be honest with you. Because I, I had so many things going on that I saw it, obviously. I understand the controversy, but that's one of those that you got to look at. Like, you remember the Rumble Johnson Koscheck fight? Yeah. Just the, the, the Ric Flair antics in that, where Anthony Johnson gets eye poked. Josh Koscheck fakes getting kneed on the ground. Then Josh Koscheck. I think I can't. I can't remember what all happened. It was it was a comedy though. I had to go back and digest all that. I'm gonna have to go back and digest this. Montreal. That was the Montreal fight. I remember that clearly. And be careful what you say about Ric Flair, because it'd be blasphemous if you ever insult Ric Flair. He's the greatest of all time. Sure, I like Ric Flair. I dressed <laughs> up as him for Halloween one year. No way. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Did you have the robe? The robe? Yeah. No, I had a suit. I had a powder blue pinstripe suit i went full 80s that's awesome manny gamburian has retired he lost to johnny eduardo now i got a couple questions would manny have won if edmund tverdian was in his corner (laughs) stop next question please next question (laughs) is spending that much time with edmund would that make anybody want to retire Oh wow! All right. Um, I believe I believe I don't believe Edmund was in his corner, but I mean I didn't hey. see him in his corner. No, but uh, I, I understand the reference. I understand what you're saying, and I also uh, understand the track record of fighters once they go there. Someone had um, sort of taken a shot at Edmund on on social media. They had uh, Edmund had asked if you are going to come train with me. When are you going to come train with me in Glendale? And the per- I forgot who it was, but the person just ripped him i was like oh boy. Well, that's a, i think it's a fake account okay. the, the edmund account on twitter is a super fake it's a troll okay all right all right cool. yes but it's really funny because like that's another reason why i'm like cyborg's gotta get whoever runs her social media is trash she'll like argue with that account all the time oh my okay yeah um johnny eduardo now i, I get it he's won three of his last four I'm wondering why 
He is the number 13 bantamweight. He has won three fights in five years. He barely fights. He has not fought more than once in a year since he came to the UFC. He's got to stay more active, especially at 38 or 36. I can't remember how old he is. He's got to make a run. He's got to make a run. He's 38. Got to do it. Also, interesting, Justin Scoggins was just putting it on Pedro Munoz. Then he slipped, and Pedro Munoz won the the one way he was going to win this fight. He locked on a guillotine, and you're probably not getting out of a Pedro Munoz guillotine. It's just this, just the way it is. I think Scoggins knew that. He fought it, but a damn. A damn. What a win for Pedro Munoz. If you're ever going to put together a, a, a website on mixed martial arts belts and how anything can happen and how one mistake uh, can cause you to lose a fight, there's the perfect example right there. A simple slip uh, after a dominating performance had the guy that should have been, should have been winning that fight lose the fight. When in reality, you know, you can make the argument that that's what happens in MMA no matter what. You just look for that one mistake, and if you can capitalize, it's game over. So that, that's a perfect example right there. I think you and I both know that Scoggins was, was, should have won this fight and be, began his ascension uh, up at 135, but it'll still happen in my opinion. But the look on his face afterwards where he was just kind of like, I can't believe that actually happened. I think Munoz is much more deserving of being ranked than the aforementioned Eduardo. He's got a win over Justin Scoggins, performance of the night. He choked out Russell Doan in like two minutes. Went to a split decision with Jimmy Rivera, who, as we've seen, is a hell of a fighter. He had that win a few years ago in uh, Halifax, actually, but he had he had some uh, drug test issues. He beat Matt Hobart. He is, he's only lost one fight out of his last five, and he stayed a lot more active. A hell of a lot more active. Went all three rounds with a sun sow. Like he's, I, I think he's a little underappreciated. Something I didn't bring up earlier, though. I was impressed with the composure of Thomas Almeida when when Morales was on his back, had the arm in underneath the chin, and Almeida's like, "Yeah, I don't give a shit. I'm gonna get <laughs> up." And then he peels. It's it's not hard to get out of a rear naked choke. It's not as hard as people think it is you peel the arm that and i think he knew that he he'd been there before he'd been there before he didn't panic and that says a lot for somebody his age now he's he's incredible he's incredibly experienced for his age that just that was really really impressive to me because a lot of fighters even at that level they're they expend a lot of energy trying to get out of something like that. And he's just like, I'm going to stand right up. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to peel this off. And now I'm going to knock you out. That, that was very impressive to me. And I bet you everything you just said is exactly what went through his head. Like that's just how he fights. You know, he's just so amazing. I'm going to say it again. Anytime he fights, I'm going to be paying close attention because he is one of my favorite fighters to watch. The, the kid is something sick. I know the Cody Garbrandt fight happened and whatever, but I love Cody as well, but this kid, no matter what, will bring it, and it will always have that, like you said, I don't give an S attitude. Let's just get this done. Go. Elsewhere on the show, former Bellator heavyweight champion Alexander Volkov defeated uh, Timothy Johnson. Marion Renault defeated uh, Melania Dudavia. Dudavia had a great throw in that fight, though. But Renault's still getting it done at an old age. We also had a big boxing match last night, Joe, and I don't know if you watched it. I did. 
Kovalev versus Ward, and it was a good fight. It was a real good fight. I had it, I think, 115-112 Kovalev, and it was real controversial. And all three judges gave it to Ward, 114-113, and this is a rough way to not be undefeated if you're Kovalev. It's very, very rough. Um, my heart hurts for Kovalev. Boxing's going to get a big rematch, but it always seems to happen this way. It seems to happen this way a lot more in boxing than it does MMA because at this stage, I mean, it feels like there are more big MMA fights than boxing, so the sample size is smaller. Ward was, was, Ward was going through some things early on. He got knocked down in the second. Um, Kovalev was landing the jab almost at will. Uh, Ward started going after Kovalev's body, which, which, which wore Kovalev down. And really, at one point, it seemed like Ward needed to win every single round to win the fight. I don't think he did that. I, I had Kovalev winning that fight. Um, he wants a rematch. Ward seemed open to it, but said he wasn't going to negotiate it yet. Is this good or bad for boxing, Joe? This is a big fight. It was a big fight. It's not going to do giant, giant pay-per-view numbers, I don't think. The rematch might do pretty good numbers, but... For those who are casual boxing fans that tuned into this, is that is the controversy a good or bad thing? I think it's a good thing. I think it's a great thing. I think I feel bad for him because he got knocked down in the second round. And that, in my opinion, whenever that happens early in, in a boxing match, uh, no matter what you do throughout the fight, it always feels like you have to win every round now because you've already been knocked down. But um, the controversy, I think, is great because it is going to set up a rematch, in my opinion. Um, it, it's a good thing for boxing because, as you know, and as you mentioned, you know, there's, this doesn't always feel like there's these big bouts. And when these big bouts finally happen, uh, these nice little prize fights – if there's any sort of controversy, you get a second time to look at it, right? Um, uh, unlike the Pacquiao Mayweather fight, where, like you said, I mean, 17 people might watch that rematch. I mean, it's just we don't want to see that because there was no controversy. It was a massive letdown. If that one had controversy, oh, we'd be talking about a rematch like absolute craziness. Um, so yeah, I think it, I think it's good for boxing. I think it, it'll do well. Uh, I like to see the rematch, but uh, yeah, I mean sometimes you just get bad breaks in the sport and absolutely sucks. And I can tell by your passion regarding how bad it actually was. It's it, 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 well, it is what it is. I don't, I don't consider it like a horrible decision. I, I, you know what? There's a guy on our, on our discuss uh, boards, tap five, eight, nine. He said a great fight, a questionable decision, not a terrible decision. I would agree with that completely. Now it's so funny because I was contacted probably in the spring by Jimmy Van about about this website. And as we started to get things ready and the launch date was happening, it was early July. And I'm thinking, UFC 200. And then John Jones and Brock Lesnar fail drug tests. And then there's a WWE draft. And then SummerSlam. And then all this stuff. I'm like, you know, you picked a real good time to start a crossover website. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Our boxing section is growing and growing and growing, and we really look to just shoot that through the roof in 2017. 2016, not the best year for boxing. 2017, well, it's a good time to have a boxing site because you're probably going to have Kovalev versus Ward 2. If uh, 
Triple G fights Canelo. That's big. Pacquiao's back, and you know he's not the draw that he once was, but he is Manny Pacquiao. And if he and Mayweather have another fight, then it won't do as much as the first one, but it'll do fine. You got Deontay Wilder coming back, Klitschko coming back. Hopefully Tyson Fury can get his head on straight. Anthony Josh was around. Boxing needs these big names, and they're slowly getting them. They're, they're, they're starting to accumulate. They're starting to do the right thing. So uh, I, I'm excited for, for next year in boxing. Uh, they got to do the rematch. The, the unfortunate thing is Carlos Toro wrote in his coverage of the fight, this was billed as to determine the best pound-for-pound boxer in the world definitively. I don't think it did that, Joe. No, I disagree. I disagree. I think you're absolutely right. Um, I, I can understand the argument, but no, um, it did not. Um, I, I know we're going to wrap up the show shortly, uh, but one thing's for sure. Uh, your, your, your comment with Jimmy Van and, and, and the importance of boxing now beginning uh, to get an infusion. I don't, I don't know if it'll ever get to where it was once before. We all know that, uh, again, it could just be us talking in our own little bubble uh, that mixed martial arts is bigger than boxing, but I'd like to see boxing uh, begin. I think it's the resurgence has now begun, uh, or it's underway, excuse me, uh, to start getting some bigger names in there and everything's starting to move forward. And, and, and Jimmy Van would nail it on the head by creating Fightful.com. Uh, we are, I mean, let's be honest, we're hauling ass at the site. Uh, we're doing very, very well, and, and it's only going to get better. Boxing is going to be a huge help. All the crazy zaniness you guys do with this professional wrestling stuff makes me laugh. Apparently, on my, on my social media, I'm, I'm now covering all and every WWE events, and Jimmy's t- telling me what kind of articles to write. <laughs> you guys are absolutely <laughs> nuts. Hey, uh, the Survivor Series is in Toronto tonight. Head over to the Air Canada Center. Get yourself and your kids some tickets. Get up. I'm sure you're still available. I can't get credentialed anywhere else. Oh. So what have you heard <laughs> about that before we go? Uh, the party that's going to be – the two parties from the Ultimate Fighting Championship that are going to be assisting me. One was in Belfast. The other was in Brazil. Uh, I will follow up with them perhaps on Tuesday uh, to see what is going on. Uh, above all, Sean, I mean, you can talk to you, – you know this. You can talk to anyone that knows me. I will lose zero sleep. Uh, well, I, 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 fully, I fully think it's because we applied after the deadline. But I didn't know you wanted to cover it live. Had I known that, I would have applied much earlier. But before we go – Obviously, guys, Fightful.com is the place to be. Follow Joe at Showdown Joe. Follow us at Fightful online. Hang out in our uh, Survivor Series live viewing party. We have a live podcast after. I'll ask you this before we go, Joe. It was revealed that Conor McGregor uh, isn't fighting until May, Dana White says. There is an event in late March, early April, by the name of WrestleMania. Will Conor McGregor appear on screen at WrestleMania? If it does not stress out his girl, yes. If it's considered remotely stressful for her, it's not going to happen. This is their first child. Uh, I've been there. I know what it's like. Uh, when my wife was pregnant, I had her in a bubble because that was my my child. I wanted to make sure she was perfectly fine and we could have the birth of our child. So I know, um, you know, you, you'd have to multiply. At the, that was at the time when I was doing my broadcasting stuff. You got to need to multiply that by a million compared to what Conor McGregor has to go through every day in his life. So uh, I can get why he's doing that. Uh, but if it causes no stress to him and her, I can see it happening. Before you let me go, there are two questions. You can give me a 30-second answer each if you like. I need to know your thoughts on Artem Lobov, and I need to know oh, your, yes, your thoughts on, on Timothy Johnson's epic mustache again. Timothy Johnson's mustache, well, it, it's a lot more impressive with a win, and he didn't win. 
Artem Lobov, what a reaction he got. That moment in the ring with Conor McGregor was special. It was special for the fans. It was special for him. You could tell. It was also special for McGregor. See, people don't realize that Conor McGregor can turn off the TV persona and be a nice dude. Like, they don't realize he is a good dude. I mean, he... Who else... What other double world champion is showing up a few days later for their barely 500 teammate putting on a, like getting the crowd ramped up for him a good dude a good dude and uh for that for Artem Lobov you know what hey maybe he's not as bad as i said he's, that well, was, that was, it was it was a pretty good performance and considering you know yeah considering uh, Ishihara was just kind of clowning around. He should have picked up the pace a little more. But I do want to say this. Before he was exhausted. We... Ishihara yeah. was gassed. Yeah. Uh, good on Kevin Lee for causing a disaster before this fight and then finishing off, um, you know, Mustafaev, Mustaf- oh my God, Mustafaev, uh, the way he did. And Jack Marshman, that guy is just the bomb. That guy fights hard, man. I love yeah. that kid. Uh, good job uh, coming in um, as the first ever Welsh fighter to sign with the UFC. Uh, Brett Johns, the first ever to compete in the UFC earlier on. Brett Johns, former Titan FC champ or Titan FC guy. So, yeah, the, the, it, it was a fun fight. He showed a lot of tools in his fight. Marshman, impressive. Kevin Lee, don't know about him beating up Eddie Alvarez the next time he sees him, like he claims. <laughs> but uh, that was impressive. Mustafaev, he's a blast to watch. Really liked watching him fight. All in all, had all these been condensed into one event, I would have been happier than a pig in shit, as they say here in Kentucky. But it wasn't. Tonight after Survivor Series, join us, guys. Visit Fightful.com. Share the page. Help us out, guys. Until next time, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.